0: Those of you who have been with us in this Lent will know that we have been, for our series, looking at the Our Father, the very prayer that Jesus taught us, the Lord's Prayer. And how fitting on this evening we come to that final petition deliver us from evil. When I think about this petition, I think about the confusion in a society like we have about what is the nature of evil. I looked it up in the Merriam-Webster Dictionary, the authoritative version of the American language, and this is how it defines evil. Profoundly immoral and malevolent, harmful or tending to harm. Now, open those hymnals to Dr. Martin Luther's small catechism on page 324 And look at uh, Dr. Luther's explanation of this seventh petition on the bottom of the right-hand column, page 324. It says, but deliver us from evil. And then Luther writes this exclamation, and so let's read his explanation together. We pray in this petition, in summary, That our Father in heaven would rescue us from every evil of body and soul, possessions and reputation, and finally, when our last hour comes, give us a blessed end and graciously take us from this valley of sorrows to Himself in heaven. Now just look at that, that our Father in heaven would rescue, would deliver us from every evil that would assault everything in our lives, everything we have possessions, as well as reputation, and that in the end we are granted a blessed death. This final petition of the Lord's Prayer is a prayer, as Jesus teaches us, a cry for deliverance from all the forces that would drag us away from everything that is good and true and beautiful, everything that is filled with love, who is God Himself, the source of all love, truth, and beauty. It is actually really an interesting prophecy that we find in Isaiah when he writes these words, which I will tell you is very timely for an American culture like ours today. This is what Isaiah says. Woe unto them that call evil good and good evil, that put darkness for light and light for darkness, that put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. A total inversion of what is true and beautiful and right. The very nature of evil, as Isaiah tells us, is masked under a pretense of goodness of sweetness, and of light. The Apostle Paul in Second Corinthians has a warning for all of us. He tells us, even the devil, the evil one himself, masquerades as an angel of light. You know, I like that word, masquerade. Evil cloaks itself in a disguise. And that disguise often comes in caring concern. Like a a good friend who whispers into your ear, attempting to convince you to do something that you know is just not right. Scripture throughout, from the very beginning, in the story of the temptation and the fall in the garden, reminds us that evil is very clever. And evil is very insidious. Jesus encountered evil in the desert. When the evil one challenged him, aren't you the Son of God? You know, aren't you hungry? What my goodness, change these rocks into bread. What's wrong with that? Now you tell me where's evil in that. Do you see any evil? No. What did Jesus say? Man does not live by what? Bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. You see, the mask behind every temptation. Oh, what was the sixth? What what is the sixth petition of the Lord's Prayer? Pastor Melky just preached on this, okay? please. (laughs) Deliver us. What? Not deliver us. Lead us not into temptation. And then it's deliver us from evil. You see, evil stands behind every temptation. Evil doesn't necessarily want to change the truth. Not at all. Evil doesn't necessarily want to defy the truth. You know, all evil has to do is just tweak the truth ever so slightly. Let's just say all he he has to do, all evil has to do is just, just slightly amend it to make the truth a little more palatable, perhaps a little more acceptable. Oh, maybe to make the truth more tolerable. You see, ultimately evil wants to think that, have you think that you're in charge. That, that you actually are the master of your life and the master of the universe and that you can make all the choices. Change these rocks into bread, Jesus. Jesus. You can do it. Yeah. That if you need to be rescued, you can rescue yourself. You can deliver yourself. Yes, that's exactly what evil wants you to think. What Jesus did on this day, and the very reason why Christians from the very earliest times called it Good Friday rather than Black Friday. Oh, what is Black Friday? Why, well, it, it, it's a splurge. <laughs> In shopping, isn't that ironic? Christians never called it Black Friday. It was called Good Friday, and Good Friday for a reason because what Jesus did is He unmasked evil for what it really is. He pulled off the disguise, the sham masquerade. I mean, think of His trial. You talk about a sham. Even the emperor's puppet The governor of Judea, Pontius Pilate, he saw through the ruse of the whole thing. I find this man not guilty of any crime. But when faced with the truth, what happened? He didn't have the guts to act according to the truth. Truth and justice... It all evaporated in the cries of the mob, crucify him! So, what did Pilate end up doing? He became a slave to the very evil he saw in front of him because he simply washed his hands. I'm not guilty. The irony of ironies is from the very beginning. There's only two other names ever mentioned in the great creeds of the church, the apostles and the Nicene. One is Mary, and the other is who? Pontius Pilate. He couldn't wash his hands because what he did is acquiesced. He didn't stand up for the truth. He delivered the sentence of death. The cross of Jesus exposes then the lies of the evil one who tries to seduce us, cajole us, sometimes even threaten us. You know, the greatest irony of all today is that the one who taught us to pray deliver us from evil was himself delivered into evil's hands Think about that. Don't you find that ironic? Deliver us from evil. But he was delivered into evil itself. Why? Because there can be no compromise with evil. None. Period. Not one iota. No compromise. There can be no negotiated settlement with evil. You can't come to terms with evil. But brothers and sisters, how often do you come to terms with evil? How often do you simply tweak the truth just a little, just a little excuse? No, Jesus would not at all compromise. He meets evil head on. All of its lies, all of its attempted negotiations, all of it He nails to His cross. So evil meets its match on the cross of Jesus. And on that cross, what our Lord did is He emptied evil of its control, and of its power to seduce us into believing the lies that we can take care of ourselves, that we can rescue and deliver ourselves. We can't. We never could. We never will. And so he teaches us to pray, deliver us from evil, because He is the one delivering. St. Paul, in his marvelous letter to the Galatians, basically writes this, Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, who gave Himself for our sins to deliver us from this present evil age. Deliver us from evil. It's a prayer that we would be rescued from all of the evils that surround us, but sometimes the evil that lies within us. Good Friday reminds us that we live in a world that is full of darkness and evil. The Apostle Paul in Ephesians says, we fight not against flesh and blood, but against the powers and against the principalities of this dark world. And he calls upon Christians to take the full armor of God. To stand in the evil day. Good Friday reminds us of this fact. But the only way we can stand is in the Lord Himself. It was on a good Friday. In the early morning out in Jerusalem. An innocent man was found guilty. And a terribly guilty man was declared innocent and set free. Of all of the characters of the Passion story, there is probably no one else but Barabbas himself who understood what Christ's deliverance actually meant he was freed from an evil death by crucifixion, a death that he deserved. While well, Jesus suffered in his place, if you stare deeply into the face of Barabbas, perhaps you may see your own reflection. Pastor Melky shared a video with me this past week, and I want to share that video with all of you this evening. What can I say? My brothers and sisters were here because what we couldn't do, he did for us. And when we come to venerate this cross, we give him all of our brokenness and all of our garbage. And what does he give us? His love. It is always about Jesus. Amen? We now are going to have the salt.